What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels or hopefully the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. All right, it is now time for part eight of the 90 from 90, and that can only mean one thing. We're getting into the top 20 albums of 1990. I promised you this episode a couple of days ago. But things happen, and I'm getting to it today, so I'm going to go ahead and post part 9 as well today. So if you're hearing this, you are able to get it pretty much, you know, an hour or two from when this one drops. So it's going to be fun. We're going to finish off this list and this countdown, and then I'm going to get into the Christmas episode, and then, of course, finalize my best of 2020 list, which sounds like an oxymoron, but I'm going to try to make it happen. So yeah, let's get to the countdown. Once again, this is part 8 of the 90 from 90. Number 20 in the top 70 albums of 1990 is this one right here. This is kind of, I, I call it a debut because I had no affinity to this record prior to doing this particular countdown. I had seen the name and I know I'd seen this CD just looking at the cover. I'd, I'd seen it before in the past, but I never listened to it ever. But... I guess just the day I listened to it to review it for this show, it just really hit me in the right way. So it's coming in all the way at number 20 with a bullet right here. This is an album co-produced by the band and a guy named Keith Auerbach. Get it? Auerbach? Eh? Okay, sorry. Some of you may know that joke. Okay, so yeah, this band, they're called Naked Ray Gun. Kind of a punk rock slash alternative kind of band from Chicago. And, you know, like I said, just a cool band. Solid. Just has that great kind of old school, but kind of new school punk feel at the same exact time. I can't quite explain it, but I really like this sound. So, yeah, check this album out. It's called Ray Gun. Naked Ray Gun. Like Bond. You know, and even the cover has kind of a parody of that on there. Uh, so, yeah, check out Naked Ray Gun. They came in at number 20 here on the countdown. And here's one of my current favorite songs from this record right here. The song is called Home.
Kicking off the show here today and coming in at number 20 on the top 70 albums of 1990, that was Naked Ray Gun with the song Home from their album Ray Gun. Naked Ray Gun. Okay. Coming in at number 19 right here is this band's sophomore album and a huge record for this band. I remember they got a lot of good MTV love and tons of love from the press at this point. So they were definitely happening. This isn't one of those obscure favorites you put on your list to make yourself sound and look cool. Uh, you know, but also it does wind up on a lot of critics lists. So everybody gets to be involved with this one. That's what makes this record especially cool. And uh, I've always dug it and I still dig it. And it's so weird that it's celebrating its 30th anniversary this year, just like every record here on this countdown. But going to get to it right here. This album came out on August 21st of 1990. It was co-produced by Perry Farrell and Dave Jordan. So yeah, we're talking about Jane's Addiction and their second album here, Ritual De Lo Habitual. And yeah, of course, I mean, you could not escape Been Caught Stealing. Huge, huge song. And I don't mind that song. I still think it's fun. You know, I could have easily played it here on this show, but I'm going to go with this one right here. It would have almost been worth it to put it at number 20, just so we could kick off with this song. One of the great album openers of all time. This is Stop. Señores y señoras, nosotros tenemos más influencia con sus hijos que tú tienes. Pero los queremos. Creado y regado de Los Ángeles. Juana's Adicción.
again that goddamn radio hum along with me along with the tv Stop right there from Jane's Addiction, the opening track on the number 19 album here of 1990, Ritual De Lo Habitual, cool record right there. I need to get that reissue on vinyl. I don't have it on vinyl, so I need to make that happen. Okay, moving on here. This is a really good one. This one's kind of a gem. By that, I mean an album by a very well-known artist, but really just not appreciated in the overall grand scheme of things. I think when this guy does solo material, people just don't give it the time of day. It's so weird, because like I said, this guy has a name, but I think the name of his band is a lot bigger than he is, weirdly enough. I, I don't understand, but I mean, hell, this guy has been knighted. <laughs> this guy is one of the greatest figures in musical history. I love him. And uh, he's got a killer solo album that came out kind of under the radar here, especially in the States, but I, don't, I just don't think it did great overall in the whole world, but... Uh, really like it it's aged so well so yeah i'm going to talk about this one right here armchair theater by jeff lynn this album came out on july 2nd of 1990 of course produced by the man jeff lynn how, how could you not have it produced by him but yes sir jeff lynn excuse me <laughs> uh, but yeah i mean much like it's got a similar sound to harrison's cloud nine which of course he produced and george harrison and ringo star actually guest on this album as well so yeah, being backed up by some Beatles, you know, I mean, you can't get any better than that when they're backing you up. You're pretty badass at that point. But yeah, give this album a chance if you've never given it a chance before. I'm sure you've seen it in multiple, you know, used CD stores and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I back it. I think it's great. And it comes in here at number 18. Here's a real standout song from this album. This is What Would It Take? <laughs> Take to save me What would it take to save me 
What Would It Take by Jeff Lynn from the album Armchair Theater. A great record. Go get that record in your life. It's phenomenal. All right. Moving on here to number 17. I mentioned before that 1990, for me personally, was definitely the year of metal. And it will continue to be for a lot of this countdown right here. And there was so much metal, like, I'm still getting around to, like, finding things from, you know, that particular year or just the era because there was so much of it, and there was a lot of cool different subgenres, and I was a real big fan of like you know what people call groove metal now or funk metal. Also, if you go even more extreme, there's so many of those cool bands to be had, not just the general regular metal and regular thrash bands. And I love those bands too, but there was definitely kind of more of a groove hybrid to this band. So yeah, really dig them right here, and they really actually still put out good material, and I'm not just saying that to qualify their greatness, but man, yeah, Prong. This is a band that's been doing it for a long time now, a little over 30 years, and this was their second full-length album. It's called Beg to Differ. came out uh, a day before my birthday on March 12th of 1990. You know, I was just about to turn 11 years old, which is weird. But yeah, this album co-produced by the band and Mark Dodson, who I've heard that name a lot. I think I've at least seen it on like an Anthrax record or something like that. That sounds right. I think he's an East Coast guy. Uh, but yeah, this album picked a differ really cool. Once I finally actually listened to it all the way through, I was just like, oh yeah, so that's where all the uh, musical cues come from, from Headbangers Ball. <laughs> a good amount of them did. I know Pete talked about this on I Am Vinyl as well, but... Yeah, I mean, we all kind of had the same moment when we listened to it. Like, oh, okay, yeah, this is cool. I was wondering what that stuff was. I I thought it might have been original music produced, you know, to be stingers for Headbangers Ball. But, yeah, they were using that, and I know they used S.O.D. in the late 80s for Headbangers Ball. So they always used great stuff. Of course, they used Pantera later on, stuff like that. Anyway, getting back to Prong here. Prong, really cool power trio from New York. So, yeah, get this album begged to differ. If you're any kind of metal fan, you got to have it. So here you go. Coming in at number 17, the album Beg to Differ. This is Prong and the song Lost and Found.
coming in at number 17 on the top albums of 1990, according to me. That was Prong. And the album begged to differ. The song was called Lost and Found. Getting over here to more of the hard rock, pop metal variety. But that's one of my favorite genres ever, ever, ever. And yeah, man, I gotta say, I feel like this album actually gets... uh, not dissed or anything, but I think it's part of the overall pantheon of the classic era of this band, and people kind of take it out of the equation. They try to, at least. But I think this album might be the strongest song-for-song album this band ever did on their original run. It's very possible. I love the other albums this band has done. Don't get me wrong, but I think this one might be the best album as a whole. That's all I'm trying to say. And the, the first full length is kind of hard to beat. So like the first one and the fifth one, which this is the fifth one, uh, by Rat. Yes, uh, one of LA's finest right here. Rat put out this album on August 21st of 1990 called Detonator. And this album was co-produced and co-written by Desmond Child and also co-produced by a guy named Arthur Payson. And man, like I said, strong ass record. The songs are there. Like... I feel like they definitely set out to do an album with almost no filler on it. And that's what you get when you get a guy like Desmond Child. Not for nothing. People bag on him and when bands start working with them, saying they're selling out and stuff like that. But that dude knows how to write a fucking song that'll stand the test of time. So all the love for Desmond Child and all the love for Rat. Sadly, this was the last album that Rat would ever do with their original lineup. And uh, yeah, it was just never the same after this, you know. Uh, so it, it's a shame. Pardon the pun, because yes, we're going to play. Shame, shame, shame.
coming in at number 16 right there a super strong record by rat that was from the album detonator and that was the intro and the song shame 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 hope you enjoyed that i know i did i mean pretty much from here on out I, i'm starting with this whole episode i would say this entire top 20 these are the must owns for sure i think all of these came in like anywhere between like 85 and 100 points uh, as far as like and that means you gotta have them so yeah getting on here to number 15 this is the highest debut as i call it on this particular countdown and i say that to say i wasn't familiar at all with this album when it was out and i only just discovered it over the last few years and man and not just because i've met one of the guys in the band and he's super nice but this is just a fun freaking rock and roll album this band you know i'm gonna use the cliche should have been huge uh, this is a band that Ryan Roxy was in uh, after the uh, he was in a band called Candy back in the day and uh, I actually hear that band referenced a lot now on Ricky Rackman's podcast because he was friends with those guys but yeah Ryan Roxy was in a band called Candy and when they broke up they formed this band called The Electric Angels and they put out their debut album here in 1990 like I said solid damn record you should track it down any way you can uh, so yeah let's just get to it right here Actually, and this was the single that they went for off of this release. And I actually looked up the video recently on YouTube and Christina Applegate's in the video. So there you go. Having fun. Great 1990 reference right there because easily my favorite show at the time of the year 1990 was Married with Children. And still is one of my favorite shows of all time to this day. So there you go. Here's the Electric Angels with Rattlesnake Kisses. Turn it up.
Coming in at number 15, The Electric Angels, a band you may not know, but you should have them in your life. Uh, great stuff right there. Uh, if you don't, if you can't find anywhere, just go hit up Ryan Roxy and tell him that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. <laughs> All right. He might, too, actually. Don't think he, he won't. He's, he's a good dude. Okay. Anyway, moving on here to number 14. Uh, here's one of those one-and-dones, and a really sad one-and-done, because really it was death that stopped this band, and... It's a crazy alternate universe where this band got super successful and other bands didn't happen because of this band's breakup. And I'm talking about Mother Love Bone and the album Apple that came out on July 19th, 1990. I remember, I, I didn't hear this album initially. I did hear it about a year or two later, somewhere in like 91, 92. And I remember the ball playing Stardog Champion and stuff like that. But I never heard the album until like a year or two after it came out. But I do remember, that this is the interesting thing, is they, they get claimed by the pantheon of grunge and everything, and, and alternative press, uh, you know, just because, you know, there were members that later on became members of Pearl Jam in this band. But, you know, I really saw this band stylistically as kind of the new L.A. rock. Like, even though they were from Seattle, like, they had that kind of Jane's Addiction vibe to it. And almost like, you know, kind of like Faster Pussycat also. Like, they had that same kind of thing. And even Faster Pussycat even caught the little mother love bone by the time they got to their third record. So, this was a pretty influential band. But also, I think they fit into a different section of, uh, you know, rock culture that the press likes to give them. Because they just want to claim them, you know, because of the whole cool grunge factor. But this was a rock band, man. And they had rock star quality. And yeah, it's once again, it's just a shame that this band didn't happen. I mean, you know, it couldn't. You couldn't have this band without Andrew Wood. It's just, it's just sad. So, anyway, just say no, kids. Uh, but yeah, you got to check this record out. It is a great freaking record. I'm surprised it didn't come in at the top ten, but you'll you'll see. The top ten is so super strong. It's just these things happen. So anyway, there you go. I'm going to go with this one right here, kind of the pseudo epic of the album right here. So from the album Apple, this is the late great Mother Love Bone with Crown of Thorns. Can't stand to see you drag him down 
Some mother love bone right there with crown of thorns from their album apple i remember i got the cd like when it was reissued with the extra you know stuff on there the ep and whatnot uh but yeah you should definitely get at least that 
Uh, yeah, and that's really the the easiest thing to find is like that full two disc thing because Apple's actually harder to find now at this point. But there's even like a big box set now out with like the complete recordings and a, some live stuff and some B sides, cool stuff. So yeah, just get into all of it. Absolutely. Another band you should definitely get into all of it is a killer consistent band that's been doing it for you know like 35 years at this point. The great King's X from Houston, Texas, or Katy, Texas, uh, actually, if you're being very specific. I even know where that is. Uh, I've, I've had relatives there before. So, yeah, this album came out on October 23rd, 1990. It was King's X's third studio album called Faith, Hope, Love. And, yeah, killer record. Not much else to say, honestly. I guess this was their breakthrough in a way, although they were getting some love in the press and uh, some MTV love even prior to this, but... The song It's Love just blew up, and it's easily their biggest chart hit. And it's weird because, like, Taita Bohr sings on a lot of it. <laughs> Doug Pinnock is kind of the, the co-lead singer of the song. But, yeah, it, it, it's still a great song. I never get tired of it. When they play it, I still mark out for it. So, yeah, Faith, Hope, Love, a very important record and definitely super consistent. Even though it's, like, an hour long, we're in the CD era here, it still really doesn't run out of gas for me. And one of the peaks of the albums is towards the end here. And you're going to hear it right here. This one's crazy. This will throw you off a little bit. It's hard to kind of tap your toe to after a while. But here you go. This is King's X with We Were Born to Be Loved.
All right. Man, those guys are just mechanics in there. I, I love that stuff. So there you go. King's X with We Were Born to Be Loved from Faith, Hope, Love. Yeah, go get that record. All right. Moving on here. We got number 12 coming up. We only got two more songs on this particular part. We'll be back later on in the day here with the top 10 albums of 1990. Once again, I said this a few times already. Can't believe this wasn't in the top 10. It's a phenomenal record. It's almost a perfect album. Right here, Jellyfish with their debut album. Unfortunately, a two and through band, which means they only have two full length records. It's hard for me to pick which one is better. Uh, but yeah, this one, Belly Button, their debut album that came out on July 27th of 1990, co produced by Jack Joseph Puig and Albie Galutin. Yes, I am reading off of a sheet. Okay. But yeah, it's a great record. If you love power pop, if you love 60s pop, if you love just cool, original, yet kind of classic sounding rock, if that makes sense, you you'd definitely need to check out Jellyfish. I'm going to go with one of the singles, one of the two singles that I remember from this album, because uh, The King is Half Undressed is a great song also. But I'm going to go with this one right here, the slightly laid back, little mid-tempo, little number right here. But the harmonies on here, I just can never get enough of. So here you go. Here's the great jellyfish, and that is why.
Jellyfish with That Is Why from their debut album, Belly Button, the number 12 album of 1990. Sorry, it's so low on the list, Eric Miller. I do apologize. You're still a friend of mine, right? All right, coming at number 11 right here. And once again, you, you got to know that the top 10 is going to rule because of all the music you've heard on this episode and the fact that one of my favorite bands of all time did not crack the top 10. They merely came in here at number 11. This was this band's 12th studio album, Still going strong in 1990, and still going strong to this day, in my opinion. The great ACDC and the album Razor's Edge. This album came out on September 21st of 1990, and they had a huge run with this record. By the way, the album was produced by the late, great Bruce Fairbairn, who produced some great albums, has a great ear. Uh, But yeah, Razor's Edge was a big record for them. Uh, you know, I, Money Talks was a huge single. People don't talk about Money Talks as much uh, because Thunderstruck is the icon song of the record for sure. I mean, it's at the test of time, but Money Talks was huge. It was even on the pop charts. It was played probably every half hour on MTV. It was crazy. And not that, you know, Thunderstruck wasn't, but I just remember Money Talks being so huge. Uh, but yeah, there's some fun album tracks on here, as always, as ACDC likes to do. This is actually probably in my top 10 ACDC songs ever, maybe, at least top 20. But I got to close on this one right here. Super strong song. It's just, it gets you in and out in no time, but it's everything that defines ACDC right here. Um, You know, like the song Rocker off of Dirty Deeds is kind of like this. You know, it's just like two minutes and you're out. Uh, So here you go. Closing off the show here. This is ACDC, of course, with Fire Your Guns.
right. That's how you end a show right there. Coming in at number 11 on the top albums of 1990. The album is The Razor's Edge. The band is ACDC, and that was Fire Your Guns. Man, I wish I could have been there at Castle Donington during the Monsters of Rock show with, like, you know, I don't even know how many people. 100,000, something like that, just during Fire Guns. Just You've seen Life at Donington. It, it's just, it's great. All right. But, yeah, there you go. That was the episode here. Uh, join me later on in the day here for the Top 10, Part 9 of the 90 from 90. It is happening We're going to get it done here, and then we're going to get it right into Christmas and the best of 2020. Thank you for tuning into this episode. Stay tuned for my better half, Nola, and the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, our new kittens, Ruby and Ripley, get a treat. We're on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have RockStrikes10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going back all the way to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. Talking Rock, with Joey and the great Mark Streakle of Talking Metal. And the I Am Vinyl Podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. Last but not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun. Hey!